Hi Daniel, we are recording this podcast remotely. Uh, I'm sitting here in Wageningen in the Netherlands, so where are you based? Hey, Arjan. Uh, I'm actually uh, at home, in my home office, uh, close to Bern, a small town called uh, Uttingen. So let's start. Fascinating technology enables TV, video, AR, VR. We talk to experts about developments, innovations and about business. Because let's be honest, without TV the whole world falls silent. Well, except here in our studio. It's TV Tech Talk with Arjan Koster. I am Arjan Koster. Today we're going to talk about building a set of box and what all things one has to consider. And therefore our guest is Daniel Klauser, Head of Entertainment Device of Switchcom. He has over a decade of experience on IPTV and has built Swisscom latest Setterbox. This is the last episode for the time being. And unfortunately, we had a technical issue recording the interview with Daniel. So please excuse us for that. Having said that, enjoy the ride. Let's start. What is a Setterbox? <laughs> okay, we really start with the basics. That's that's nice. So actually... Um... If you if you go back in time a bit, uh, when people wanted to watch TV, they either uh, put up a small antenna that uh, was never really working right, uh, connected it to their TV. Later on, you had an antenna on the roof or you had a cable that came into your house and you plugged it into the TV and you were able to watch TV. Um, now, when, you, um, when you're an operator, a telco, um, like uh, KPN, for example, in the Netherlands or Swisscom in Switzerland, um, and you want to offer TV, uh, then uh, you actually um, you do actually use the internet, right, to to uh, submit the TV signal to your customers. And um, for that reason, it's not possible to just plug plug in the cable and uh, feed the signal into the TV that the TV understands and and is able to to display something. So you need something in between, and that's typically a small box that is connected to your router to the internet. Uh, and that uh, retrieves the the signal, the streams, the so-called streams, and um, basically translates it into something that can be displayed on the TV. And um, I mean, that's just the beginning. It's it's uh, those boxes uh, over time they got much more functionality than just uh, being able to to show live TV channels. Uh, there's apps and there's a possibility to record, to to time shift, and so on and so on. You said as an operator, you need such a box in, in between that converts something that comes over the uh, internet and uh, puts it on the TV. But nowadays, there are all kinds of smart TVs, so you don't need those, uh, those boxes uh, anymore. Well, that's actually a really good point and something that has been of a... a of great interest for myself um, uh, already years ago because that box is, on one side, it's a good thing for the operator or the telco. I'm coming back to that in a second. On the other hand, it's 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 cost, right? You have to uh, build those boxes, uh, so you have to invest in that technology, uh, and then you have to um, basically buy uh, the boxes from your manufacturer. You have to ship them to your customers. Uh, those boxes, they also break. Uh, at some point, you have to replace them. So there's the whole logistics aspect to it and so on and so on. So all the operators, they actually want to get rid of those boxes from those perspectives when you're just looking at cost. On the other hand, um, what, what such a box allows you to do is basically owning um, the user experience completely. So if you just 
offer um, content or offer an application on a smart TV, you're basically integrated into a platform uh, of, let's say, a Samsung or uh, an LG uh, or one of those uh, TV manufacturers. Or it could also be one of the um, one of the boxes like Apple TV and so on, where it works very similarly. There, there you're just integrating as an app while on on your box um, that has your brand and that you send out to customers. You own the user experience and the platform from end to end, right? So uh, it's it's really um, it has a lot of commercial aspects to it as well as a lot of. Um, aspects of, of tailoring the user experience to your particular market, for example. I, I would say operators are a bit torn between still wanting to, to uh, send those boxes to the customers or just being present as an app on, on other platforms. Makes also the responsibility very clear. If it breaks, you, f you call the operator. And uh, if you're using your smart TV, if it doesn't work, well, do you call uh, Samsung or do you call uh, Swisscom? <laughs> That's... That's always the big question, right? And the one taking the call also again has to uh, um, has the cost at the end of the day of, of that uh, customer care uh, case. But Swisscom used to uh, build its own uh, uh, set of box. Why can't I buy it as a customer in the shop? Let's see how what uh, how that works in the future, right? There's certain um, things that are happening that. Uh, or certain agendas of of, uh, of people pushing into that direction of, of hanging boxes that work on all networks and with all um, operators. But uh, as of today, IPTV, so how you basically uh, distribute TV over IP, over the internet, um, is not something that is standardized. Uh, a lot of it is quite proprietary and um, and therefore... Uh, if you, even if we, uh, for example, would offer our boxes in, in uh, some online shop in Switzerland or, or some retail gain, um, someone who would be purchasing that box and uh, which is connected to their TV at home, if they wouldn't be a Swisscom customer in our case, uh, that box just wouldn't boot up and wouldn't work because it really needs a subscription um, and Swisscom network currently to, uh, to boot up and, and to, to display something on screen. There was this necessity for you to uh, to design your own box or to come up with your own box. You branded it. So can you tell us a little bit on on how you came up with uh, well the latest box that uh, that you brought to uh, to Swisscom? What what does it take? The latest one actually um, the 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 starting point why is, uh, why we actually um, kicked off that project to build the latest one called actually Swisscom Box 21, uh, was cost efficiency. Uh, it doesn't sound super interesting, right, if you <laughs> start there. But what we did before was we basically built a box that was called uh, the Swisscom Box. Uh, it was launched back in uh, 2019 um, that uh, basically brought together um, Farfield Voice with uh, a, a typical uh, TV set of box. So you were able basically to talk to it. And what is Farfield uh, voice? So that box was just sitting uh, below your TV um, and it was listening to you as soon as you said, hey, Swisscom. So I, uh, it was possible, for example, to say, hey, Swisscom, switch on the TV. Hey, Swisscom, uh, what's on um, uh, tonight at eight o'clock on my favorite channel? 
or uh, show me yesterday's recording um, and so on and so on. Basically, um, it's it's very similar to something like uh, that you might know from the Google Voice Assistant, from Siri, from Alexa, and all of those guys. Uh, but we but we basically built our own thing there um, because we already saw earlier on that there's a lot of um, use cases that uh, really work well when you bring together TV or content consumption and uh, the voice interface. And I think you were one of the first in the world uh, doing that. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, unfortunately, um, when we then uh, decide to build the, the lower cost version, uh, we basically carried for some time both of those boxes. So people were able to choose between the one that has the Farfield voice feature, so the one that you could talk to, and the other one that only has voice integrated into the remote control, like you know it from a lot of other devices uh, probably already. And we saw that. Um, or we are seeing that people are not um, that interested, so they they will not they will not pay uh, much more for the for the box with the voice integration and for the other box. So uh, basically, what's probably going to happen is that the um, the new box without the far field is is kind of over time killing the the predecessor that has more features that has far field integrated. You're saying that the Farfield voice control was not really that successful. Uh... Well, if you look at uh, usage, it was it was doing quite well. For example, um, I mentioned before we already had a voice feature built into the remote control. So you press the the, um, the microphone button and the remote control, and then you just start talking without the Hey Swisscom, without having to trigger it, but you have to grab the remote control to do it. Um, when we introduced the, the Farfield feature, um, the, the usage almost doubled. So yes, it is something that, the, that will um, increase the interaction, the, the voice interaction with the product, but it doesn't seem to be a good enough differentiate for people to say, okay, I pay like 20 bucks more for a box. That's, uh, that's a bit the case. Um, that doesn't mean that uh, that voice is, is is not working. It probably just tells you that voice uh, is 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 okay as well if you're just uh, having it as a button on the remote control. So people don't worry too much if they have to press. It. Can you tell us what you have to do if you build your own set of box? It really starts with um, at least in the Swisscom case how the team the team is set up, right? So. Um, I'm convinced that it helps to uh, if you want to build your own product in a say short time to market shortest time to market possible as well as with uh, good cost efficiency along the way um, if you try to to uh, bring all the people that will be involved uh, on your company side into one team so sort of like uh, you might have heard the um, the term product house that means that you you build a team where you have um, Really, in a multidisciplinary way, you have uh, the engineers, the designers, the business guys, uh, the user experience guys, testers, the developers, um, everyone in the same team. So you don't have a lot of alignment uh, meetings and and a lot of uh, ways that you generate because you you're waiting for each other and so on. So that's probably where it starts. But it's it's kind of uh, just a, a, a side side topic. And then you, you basically have to start not 
building it, but you have to start really finding out what you want to build. Because this is not just given, right? It's not like, oh, yes, we are just going to build, at least I'm convinced of, uh, you, you don't just want to build another uh, set of box uh, that does have exactly the same features uh, as, as everyone else and so on. Because if you want to do that, then you can just take something off the shelf and maybe slap a sticker there. But if you have the ambition to build something unique uh, and something that uh, is, is basically tailored for your market and for your customer, you somehow have to start uh, where you, where you uh, define what you want to build. You know, with big companies, you have certain uh, strategies that you have to adhere to. And, and uh, this is maybe not something that I uh, should be diving into much because this, this is not as different for, for all of us. So usually, again, uh, I'm saying that probably uh, too much, but that's just the case nowadays. Uh, cost efficiency is in there, but also the competitiveness. So you're looking at the landscape, but are your competitors offering in your market? You strive, at least uh, in, in uh, that's what we did. Um, back when we built our uh, last few boxes, uh, you strive to be uh, or, or to be able to offer the best product in your market. So uh, better than the competitors and better uh, than, than everything that the customer can compare with it. Um, and uh, and that's basically where it starts on the strategy side. And then the next thing and the most important thing is that you just... Uh, say customer first, right? You really need to find out what your customer might uh, want, which is not trivial. Also, sometimes the customers doesn't know what they want. Oh, that, that, that's a good point, uh, Ariane, because uh, in a lot of cases, um, there's no, it, it leads nowhere if you're asking your customer, what do you want? Because actually they, they're usually happy with what they have already today, but you want to build something that, uh, they really want to use for the years to come. And, and remember, a set of box, even if you're really fast, if you're building something on your own with your own design, um, it's roughly from the kickoff until it uh, goes into mass production, it's like a pregnancy, roughly, right? It's, it's nine to 10 months, uh, and that's when you're fast. Uh, so between nailing down uh, the requirements and and uh, and mass producing it there's months and months and then that thing is going to be with you for a very long time because uh, replacing it out there if it's 2 million times out there in in living rooms of of your customers um it's super expensive so it it will be there for 8 years roughly maybe more maybe a bit less maybe a bit more but you you really have to try and um put in what is required and, and important and, and uh, appreciated for those years to come. But you don't want to put in stuff that is just expensive and doesn't make a difference. So it's a mix between knowing what's going on in the technology side. And there, I really love to work with people uh, who are really, who love technology, right? Um, I, I'm, Still, uh, after all those years of, of being more on the management side, I'm, I'm a guy who still loves software and, and uh, hardware and technology and so on. And this is one of the drivers. Um, you have to work with people uh, who really have a good gut feeling for what the customers want. And, and then you have to work with all data that you can somehow get, get a hold of 
um, even if that data is just the current situation, and then there's people uh, that I always admire that that really come to the right conclusions out of that current data and, and kind of can take the next step uh, based on this. So Daniel, we ask every uh, guest uh, to think about three key people uh, from past, present and future. Three key people. Whom did you learn the most from? Which colleague inspired you last week? Which person in TV Tech would you like to meet? So from whom did you le learn the most uh, in your professional life? Yeah, okay. This is um, for sure uh, Peter. Peter Fragelios, who was my boss already when we started the so-called uh, TV Plan B to replace uh, the Media Room product uh, in, in uh, 2010 at Strategy and Innovation. Um, we had later had the opportunity to change over from strategy and innovation to the actual product development and he was my boss and mentor for years so uh, I, I really learned a lot from him. As usually I'm having a hard time lim limiting myself to just one person though so let, let me just uh, add five seconds here so there's there's also a lot of other people like Rob who was already uh, here on the call that I learned a lot of, uh, Didier, uh, Zwierski, Beat Hermann and certainly also the guys uh, from uh, from those multi-operator information exchange groups like yourself, Ariane, back in your uh, role at, uh, at KPN. Uh, second question, uh, which colleague made you happy uh, last, last week? I'm actually currently not at the office because you mentioned it uh, in the beginning that uh, I'm in a kind of a transition phase to a new position. Uh, so I need to go back a little bit further and uh, basically um, Again, I'm breaking your rules a bit, but uh, it's 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 my whole team uh, that I was leading for the last few years uh, because their reaction when I told them that I was leaving and going for something else uh, that was really great, and it showed me that they valued me and appreciate me as their manager and and us as a team, and that makes me really happy. And then, uh, which person in the TV tech would you like to meet in the future? That's the most difficult one, actually. Um, I think learning from each other is, is, is super important, right? Uh, so um, I, I try to be in contact with a lot of people constantly and exchange. But on the hardware topic, because that is our topic today, uh, it probably would be super interesting in talking to people who are building hardware and devices for the worldwide market. Because I, I'm only focusing on small, I was only uh, focusing on small Switzerland. So maybe uh, working with someone who does the sa same job that I did at, uh, at Apple, for example, or Google. TV Tech Talk. This is TV, man. So maybe we can continue on uh, where you uh, you left the story. I think you are around the time that you uh, well put all your commitments uh, there. You know what you want, and then what is the next step? The next step is um, basically you, uh, and that's where it, uh, where it gets um, more close to what you were originally asking, you, you, you start building the device, right? And um, just, just to, to send that ahead, in that process that I just described, you're not always right. There's just moments where you, where you kind of come to a wrong conclusion. So um, I've built maybe twice as many uh, devices in my time um, than the ones that are actually reach the customer. So some uh, are just disappearing somewhere uh, in, in, uh, in the drawer. And that's kind of a sad story because it's a lot of times it's the more ambitious and, and uh, you could say a bit more challenging things 
uh, that disappear because um, in a small market, not everything makes sense. Uh, if uh, we, for example, at some point we build a sound device uh, with a French company that I'm not going to mention, but it's not, it's not hard to find out if you uh, if you Google a bit. Um, that unfortunately was never uh, never released uh, because we just said, okay, uh, we no one goes to Swisscom, no one goes to an operator to purchase a sound bar. Bad luck, right? And then then that thing disappears. But uh, let's let's focus on the things. Uh, that that were actually uh, coming to the market. So, in in our case, next step is then typically you decide what technologies to put in there, and this coming uh, also from from the first step that I mentioned. Some you have to have in there, like regulatory stuff. What do I mean with that? For example, the power consumption uh, in in standby or the power consumption over the full year of such device. There's always laws regulating that, so um, there's not too much room. You have to try and, and uh, squeeze it in so that it works. Um, uh, then there are certain technologies that are standardized uh, that need to be in there uh, as well. Um, and and then, then you have a part that is where it gets a bit more interesting because that's uh, where you, for example, fit in things like a voice. Uh, voice control, right? Because uh, and there you can get creative um, and and uh, and and try to to uh, add functionality that hasn't been there yet, and so on and so. Forth. So um, that's that's where it's really um, uh, important that uh, that uh, you you talk to a lot of people and and get their opinion, existing parts, new potential partners, and so on. Um, I mentioned already that it's important to put the right things in because that uh, that device is going to be uh, in the market with the, with your customers for years, right? So um, you you have to know which stuff to throw out and which uh, which things to keep in. For example, one of the huge discussions you always have is about the interfaces. So um, at some point, uh, the the analog video out uh, was just uh, falling away, right? Uh, but that was uh, a bit um, that was that hurt a bit for some people because then they had to basically switch out their TVs, um, yeah, because their TVs was uh, were not uh, having the 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 HDMI connected that you have nowadays on all the TVs, right? But uh, stuff like that. yeah, they they only had the TVs with smart plugs. Exactly, exactly. So uh, then you go to the through the whole user experience thing. So we basically go back as a, a to point that I mentioned already in the first step. But now you basically design the product. You you um, work with an industrial designer typically to uh, to develop how the product should look, and then it needs to uh, usually fit into design line that you already have, or you start a new one. Uh, super interesting process uh, in itself, something that we could uh, talk about for a long time. Um, also something where everyone in company who is involved has an opinion because this is what you see, right? This is what you can touch and this is it's easy to discuss about it and it's fascinating to discuss about it. So this is something uh, that typically takes more time than you would, would imagine, but it's important and um, I mean, I've already always had the pleasure to work with really good designers there. Um, uh, that, uh, if you if you look at uh, the design awards that Boxes got, it, it was really uh, great up to uh, up to today. Even more important here on the design of the of the product is the remote control. Remote control is not just 
um, a box with a few buttons, right? It's button placement, uh, colors, it's uh, uh, how, how it balances in your hand, it's where you have edges, where you have radiuses. It's, it's super interesting. So it's basically nothing off the shelf, uh, what you did. Actually not. That's, uh, that, that makes it even more interesting because you start uh, basically uh, on a green field and then, then stuff starts to materialize and at some point you see it in, in your customers' homes when you, when you come there and, uh, and they always have an opinion about it as well. In this industry, I'm hearing already for uh, over 20 years, this is going to be the, the last phase of set boxes. What do you think? How long will they still uh, still exist? How long will people still build new ones? It, it really depends on where you come from. So if, if you're an, an operator who has who's already has a huge customer base, uh, those customers are used to, um, uh, are used to watch TV with a box, um, they, if you measure the customer satisfaction or the net promoter score and so on, if you leave them with a great product, um, at some point, uh, and you measure two years later, it will degrade. They will get unhappier and unhappier. And the way to make them happy again is to send them a new box with some new features and a new design, then they're happy again. So you're in a kind of a cycle there. Uh, in order to to swap out that stuff, so I think in in uh, in a lot of cases we we will see that continue. At the same time, um, now um, most of the operators they're also offering direct to TV uh, options. They're offering uh, apps that work on on Apple TVs and and Chromecast and and uh, other devices. So I think the whole thing will get uh, a bit. Um, um, more uh, diverse, where you had maybe in the past uh, approaches set the box only, maybe mobile and a bit of browser, and that was it. Uh, today, typically, you have uh, all screens, and it's it's coming, it's going from set the box towards what uh, what we call a platform mix, and that platform mix you have to adapt depending on what happens on the market. I, I still see that uh, for the next five years, set the boxes will be there and also new ones will be built, um, but it it is becoming less. It is becoming less uh, because of the other op, uh, options that you have to watch content on the big screen. So Daniel, was this really it? I'm glad that you're asking. No, not at all. <laughs> Actually, this is, the, this is just the beginning. Um, what then follows is, is kind of more the, the, the really technical work to, to um, kind of come from an idea and uh, have it materialize later on in the rooms of your customers. Um, and there it's much more about uh, selecting your technology partners like the chipsets and the key components, uh, selecting someone to manufacture the device and so on and so on. And then going to mass production Blah, blah, blah. So it's, there's much more uh, to, to that topic, certainly, you're right. Thank you. This was TV Tech Talk. We will take a break for a while. In the meantime, if you have questions or suggestions, go to tvtechtalk.nl. Thanks for listening, and we wish you all the best. Thank you for listening. Feel free to get in touch. You can reach us via tvtechtalk.nl.